Ladies and gentlemen, as I've said, unfortunately, you won't be rid of me that easily, so my apologies for that. But the next panel is actually a live episode. Hello, Mr. Thomas, of my Save Bad show. And we have a very, very special guest, NHL royalty, Mr. Glenn Healy. So please put it together for Glenn. Appreciate the effort. It's great to have you. And we will actually tear it up, if you don't mind, with a little video clip that might take you down the memory lane. The waiting is over! The New York Rangers are the Stanley Cup champions! And this one will last a lifetime! No more curses! This is unbelievable! These people have waited a long time! Fans, players, coaches, Let the celebration begin. What a series. Two fabulous teams. Vancouver lost, but hockey was a winner for the New York Rangers and their supporters. No more 1940. It's gone. Congratulations, Rangers. The 1994 New York Rangers have done it. And for every Ranger that ever put on a uniform, Captain Mark Messier, come get the Stanley Cup. Doing this in Toronto might have been rather foolish, but bring it on, bring it on. We got a Stanley Cup yeah, champion. You guys are house. aware that Martin is from Vancouver. So right away, sitting beside him, he hates me. Watching that, he's throwing up in his mouth going, I can't believe we lost with his most unique of all accents. I haven't yeah, figured well, that one out, but, but I in, am sorry. Back in 94, yeah. But I'm well, really not that sorry. I, I was from Vancouver at heart, and the team miserably failed. But I suppose and we might get beaten up by all the Leafs fans in the room. But yeah, they did win it in 94. Sadly, they haven't won it since, which is a shame. But, you know... Did that still send shivers down your spine, that team? Well, and what you've just seen? Yeah, we had a function last night uh, for a U.S. company at the Hall of Fame. And for people that don't know, so all the players that are in the Hall and not in the Hall, that's who I represent, the players that have retired. Wayne Gretzky, you might know him. Mark Messier, you might know him. And uh, sure enough, there's the Stanley Cup in all its grandeur. And... Uh, there's our name on the cup, brought back some great memories. And I really want to apologize to the group out of the U.S. because when you go to the hall now, you're not allowed to pick up the Stanley Cup. Like, only the players that have won it. So they were all waiting in a room like this, and everyone wants to get their picture taken. And I walked up to the front and <laughs> grabbed the cup. We lifted it over our heads, me and my good buddy, and everyone was going, oh, you piece of shit. How dare <laughs> You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Anyways, so I apologize to all of them, but uh, but that is, you know, when they put your name on the cup, it's your last name. It's not your first name. It's W. Gretzky. It's not Wayne Gretzky. W. Gretzky. It's G. Healy. And your last name goes on it, and I think it's most important because all the sacrifice your parents made, your sister made, your brothers made, well, I could dance around playing all these games it, it all comes to fruition with your last name on the cup. So they get to celebrate it too. So that to me is the most important, but uh, it's ironic that you show this and last night I'm in the Hall of Fame. And look, it, it's not like I'm a regular visitor. I don't think I've been there in three years. So 
It's good times. All, it's all scripted, of course. I'm sure you will put in good bird for those of us who have played hockey rather badly and have never won I the cup. So they're allowed bad to live. So you, you're bad. Cup. Yeah, yeah. There we go. So that's me. Well, let's be talk about 94 and throughout your 15-year career in the NHL. You also happen to have played for everyone's darling head, the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they might hate me even more, but I would be remiss in my duties not to ask about 1967 was the year when the Maple Leafs won the cup. And I believe that you're in a great place and a perfect position to comment on why you think it hasn't happened since and whether you think it will, I suppose, by stroke of magic, happen in our respective lifetimes. And yes, for the record, I am a Bruins fan. So when we start talking about strokes of magic, we're really searching high here, right, for the bar. Okay. Uh, 1967, I was five years old. I was five. I remember three things when I was five. And I don't know if anyone remembers anything when they were five in this room. Number one, I cried on the way to kindergarten. Remember that. Two, that Christmas, I got a pair of Gordy house skates. I remember that. And I'll never forgive my dad for not ever getting them sharpened which you need to do for your kids. If you buy skates, please get them sharpened. And then the third thing I remember when I was five in 1967 was I got to stay up to watch the Leafs win the cup. And I still to this day remember winning the cup and I thought, see you next year. And I graduated from high school. I got my driver's license, graduated from university, signed my first pro contract. Uh, what the hell are we doing here in this city? But it has been so long. And one of the reasons that I signed with Toronto when I did, when I went to New York, we hadn't won the Stanley Cup in 54 years. Generation after generation, three generations of hockey fans that had not witnessed the Stanley Cup. And we did it. And we erased, you, you, you saw the video, right? The waiting is over. And we erased all that in one night with a win against Vancouver. It took us seven games. It was a hard-fought series. One of the best that I've ever been part of. But that's three generations. And I thought coming to Toronto, I would just do the same. I would wave my Martin magic wand. And next thing you know, I'm winning a Stanley Cup here. And then I'd never have to buy a drink the rest of my life. Now the rest of the story. Uh, didn't quite work out that way. But... That was my dream to come to this city and, and erase. Now we're into four generations of not winning. I can tell you tonight the cup may get handed out. And maybe it's Vegas. And they've been in the league, what, less than 10 years? They've been to the finals twice, and they could win the cup tonight. And I'm probably going to throw up tonight because it really bothers me that here they are, so new, the new kids on the block, but they might have done it. Uh, but that's what you fight for. That's the most important thing for any NHL player is to lift that 35 pounds over your head. And we didn't do it in Toronto, and I'm sad to say I'm sorry to everybody, but, boy, it would have been a great ride if we did. Well, I hope you will not throw up. I'm sure you have the likes of Marner, Matthews, and others on speed dial, so you may want to be calling them. Every night during off-season, they may already want to talk to you as opposed to, with all due respect, our friend Justin Bieber 
But on a more serious note, you know, you, you hang up your skates and then you started serving as the director of player affairs of the NHLPA. And also, I'm sure a lot of you would remember Glenn as commentator, or color commentator, I should say, and studio analyst for CBC and TSCN. Suppose we're here at the Consumer Protection Symposium, so let me focus it that way. A lot of players, that transition from being on the ice to being off the ice and finding the new or the next thing for them, they may even struggle with that. So what was your experience with that? Was it plain sailing or when you hang up those proverbial skates, you were like, well, what am I going to do next? So if you put yourself in my shoes or any NHL player's shoes, the game ends. You played 16 years. First thing that happens is the phone stops ringing. Wow, no one's calling anymore. What, you know, I used to be able to get to every show, every con. I want to go watch Bruce Springsteen. You're in. Where, where do you want to sit? Front row? You want to be on stage? Phone stops ringing. Second thing that happens with NHL players, and this could assimilate to anyone in business, anybody, you lose structure. Like my day was all about structure. 10.30 practice, had to be there at 9.30. I have a 12 o'clock meeting. Then we have a 12.30 bus. Then we have our meal. And then we have our nap. Yeah, we had naps back then. W wouldn't it be great to have a nap every day, everybody? Um, <laughs> and then we had like 4.30 power play meeting, 5 o'clock PK meeting, quarter to five everybody meeting. Then we had your warm-up. You had your anthem at 7.02. Rinse and repeat. Then the game ends. No structure. <laughs> Nothing. So... What does that remind me of? It reminds me of COVID when we were all sitting in our sweatpants for three straight days going, I'm wearing these again? Like, what's going on? No structure, no interconnectivity. And so for players, that transition can be, can be very, very difficult. And I think the biggest thing for any NHL player or anyone in the business world is you need purpose. You need something where your feet hit the ground every day and you are driven and you are going to champion it and you're going to make a difference in the world. And that's my role as the director, is to make tomorrow better than today for a bunch of players. And whether that's with transition, whether that's financial, financial literacy, whether that's making sure that if you need your hip replaced, you get it replaced, because every goalie needs their hip replaced. I'm one of them. Sucks at the airport, holds me up every time. But make tomorrow better than today. And when I was with the NHLPA, and I see Stevie back there. We were there together. Uh, that was what we did there. We made tomorrow better than today. But it was for other reasons. It was arbitration, free agency, you know, fighting, you know, the league and Gary Batman and some of his philosophies. But the, the vision, the goal was, was always the same. So the transition for me, I was bought out. I was 40. And it was a Saturday. And it was July 1. So Courier pulls up. I know what's in the package. It's a buyout. You're done. Your career's over. Uh, it was my anniversary. I kind of looked at it and went, well, I know what this is. And I was lucky that my transition was only 20 minutes because Hockey Night in Canada called me within 20 minutes and said, would you be willing to work in the broadcast? And I told them I would, but if I suck, I'm quitting after two days. So many of you wish I did, but I didn't. <laughs> So I kept going, and uh, that was my transition. So I was very fortunate. I was going to say the rest is history. For the record, Dominic Hasek and I share 
the same hometown, and I don't think he would have had his hip replaced, but he might be the exception to the rule. Talking about your punditry, you got renowned for identifying those ever-elusive Loch Ness monsters. So, have you identified any of those in this year's playoffs? So, let's... Okay, for those that didn't watch, I mean, don't ever want to watch, they had this guy, Pierre Maguire. Everyone remember Pierre Maguire? And he had a segment in his show, and it was the end of the period. The monster! When he would show this player that did magnificent things, and we didn't really get along with Pierre. So we created our own show, our own segment called The Loch Ness Monster, which is the player you've heard of but have never seen. <laughs> so the guy that you heard all these stories about, and then in the game, he like fell over the bench, was wiping his face with a towel, and it fell out of his hand, missed an open net, and we would place like a hat up in the far end of the rink, and we would zoom up to the hat, and it would be the end of the period. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Loch Ness Monster. And we took one of my bagpipe songs, I'm a bagpiper, and we played this bagpipe song, and we would create the Loch Ness Monster, the player you've heard of, but didn't show up in that particular game. And I remember one of my first duties with the NHL Players Association was to go to Europe and talk to the European players. And I would be remiss and lying if I didn't say that a good percentage of those Loch Ness Monsters were European players. <laughs> and sitting in front of the group and talking about all the things to make tomorrow better than today, I'm like, he was a Loch Ness Monster, he was a Loch Ness Monster. So uh, it was just good fun to make the show a little bit more entertaining. And I look at it now, I still have my Loch Ness Monster hats, uh, but it was just about entertainment and making the show a little bit better for the fan at home. You can tell Glenn's got all this punditry training because he's very elegantly sidestepped my question. So let's not be nasty to any active players. And I will, as European, at least in heart, ignore the bias against European players in the end. It's getting better, I would think. But on a much more serious note, this event is part of a gaming show. So let's talk about sports betting and online gambling. Of course, it's sports betting, not necessarily iGaming, to be fair. Staken the US by the storm, the province of Ontario, is very kindly and very efficiently regulated. It's market. So from your perspective of somebody who's spending his time, and I'm sure the players are very grateful for it, someone who spends his time looking after their well-being, where do you stand on the whole sports betting? Shabong, do you appreciate the fact that it's now regulated? Could we do better? Well, I would be uh, completely remiss to say that, look, the toothpaste is out of the tube. You watch tonight's game, every second commercial is about sports betting, every single commercial. Uh, there's a pregame segment in the show. There's a intermission segment in the show. And for us, as NHL alumni, what I've always tried to look at, our mission, make tomorrow better than today. So we were the only sport, no other sport, football, basketball, baseball, no other sport went into the CBD space. Nobody. We were. The first ones. We went into that space. We were one of the first ones to go into the gambling space. So if I'm telling you I'm against it, then I'm talking out both sides of my mouth, because we have deals 
with gambling sites. We also have deals with regulatory sites. And I don't know if I can mention their name. Wager score. Because we're, we're not just about putting a little disclaimer at the bottom. We're about making it better for our kids. Making that a better world. When I was a kid, I had to worry about one thing. Don't get hit by a car. That was my parents' thing, right? Get on the street, look both ways. As parents, and everybody in this room probably is a parent, man, your challenge is extreme. And that phone is probably one of your worst enemies, but maybe one of your best enemies, but it's a challenge. And that challenge of look both ways before you cross the street is way different than the challenge you have now as a parent where you're trying to do smart serve with gambling, which you would do in a bar where I don't have to go to a casino to make a bet. I can just do it from home on my phone. My kids live on their phone all day. Every, like I could time it. Every 15 seconds, they pick it up. No one's even calling. No one's texting. They just pick it up. Okay. So we do have a challenge. And what I'm trying to be in our industry with the NHL players that are retired is responsible. That's our focus. And that's why we put the pillars in place to be responsible. Yeah, as a father of two, I fully su subscribe to what you've said. Uh, the little ones only. I mean, just oh. check my phone here. It's been 20 please seconds. Please do, yes. Longer. Please do check your phone. Yeah, we got still some 18 minutes to, to go. The, the lit I was going to say that the little one's only 10 weeks, so she hasn't touched the phone just yet. But the older one will turn free in October, and I can guarantee you that she's... iPhone 15 is coming out. It's coming out next. You probably want to get it. It'll be gone in no time. Sold out. So she get it. She's an almighty swiper, and I'm sure what her Christmas wish will be very top of that list. You started talking about responsible gambling, and indeed you're at every liberty to talk about wager score, because I suppose a lot of us like wager score. And together with wager score, the Entain Foundation US, we've kindly, well, you've kindly let us strike a partnership with you to educate your alumni and beyond about responsible gambling. So the question is, what in your view do the likes of the alumni and other athletes out there, retired, let's stick to retired, we'll come on to active athletes in a second, what role do they have to play to keep educating the folks, the public out there about responsible gambling? Not just doing, and nothing wrong with that, but not just doing commercial adverts. Well, I think everything in this world, we as alumni can have a voice. We can have a voice in responsible drinking. I've got a beer ad. I've got a beer sponsorship. Am I telling everyone in this room, go out today, buy as many cases of beer as you want, and just go at it and see if you're standing in the morning? No. We put out an alumni whiskey. We had all the greats on alumni whiskey, from Lafleur, Gretzky's got a whiskey, to Jean Beliveau, to Yvonne Cornway. Okay, again, drink responsibly. Uh, we have a car ad. Am I telling everybody in this room? And a car uh, sponsorship. You know the, the speedometer says 200 kilometers an hour? That's the speed you should go. Just drive that speed. That's, that's why they put the 200 on there. I don't even know what mine goes to, but I can tell you, on the 407, you get behind me, sucks to be you. I'm going like 106. And that's just a, a reality. So I think everything in this world, uh, if we do it responsibly, if we do it with some uh, sort of thought and, and purpose, and 
Look, I, I know there are NHL players that struggle. I know. I know we have people in this room whose kids struggle. I get that. I know that I deal with players every day that struggle with alcoholism. That doesn't mean every time I do something with a beer company or a whiskey company, I should be exclude everybody from this because we've got our problems. We do have our problems. Um, but we'll take care of those problems on an individual basis. But when it comes to sports betting, when it comes to what this world expects today, whether it's betting on the Super Bowl toss or who's going to score the first goal, that is a fact and reality, and I'm not bucking it. I am saying let's just do it responsibly, and that's one of the reasons that when we partnered up with a gambling uh, corporation, we also partnered up with a regulatory corporation to say we want to make sure that and, – and what does tomorrow look like? That's why you're all here. My, I listened to your panel in advance, and, man, you had some, some great advice from some really, really smart people. So this will evolve. This will become, uh, for us, smart serve. I mean, gosh, my dad's day, you went to the bar, and I think his car just drove home on any given day. Now we regulate what you're allowed to drink and how much you can drink, and, and I think this will be no different. There'll be regulatory issues with regards to it. But... I'm not staying away from it because I'm going to watch the game tonight and Cabby's going to be on and Ron McLean will be on and they'll all be talking about the over-under, the parlay, and Kevin Weeks will talk from the NHL side and the NHL and the NHLPA, this thing will only grow. And the debate will be whether Wayne Gretzky should be on talking about it and Connor McDavid, and um, that's a bigger discussion than me. I'd be tempted to ask whether you prefer the Lafleur or the Gretzky whiskey, but I shall resist that. Well, no, you it was seem a, to be prepared to answer. So Daryl Sittler, Daryl Sittler whiskey won best whiskey in the world. So not bad, and uh, it was a ten-year whiskey. I wonder why we picked ten. Oh, it could have been that night with the ten points. Ten, in the game. Oh, see, yeah, there we go. Uh, but that was the best whiskey in the world. They they all won awards, every single one of them. And uh, I think the most proud to create their own whiskey, and they all went into uh, Edmonton and, uh, and Windsor to blend their whiskey. They made their own. Uh, Mark Messier was the most proud. He wanted his whiskey to win. Shocking, he wants to win in everything. Uh, he didn't win this one, but they, they were all proud of their blend. Well done, Daryl. And those 10 points in a game may never get beaten. I suppose the hot topic of the day, I don't know, need to tread carefully to regulators in the room. Celebrity advertising and a proposal coming out of <laughs> AGCO that there may or may not be restrictions on celebrity advertising. Where would you stand on that? You already touched up on it to some extent, but yeah, the likes of, and from my perspective, nothing wrong with that. Connor, Wayne, Mitch Marner, a few others, they've engaged with it. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing from your perspective, commercial advertising? Well, okay, so the current players can't advocate for gambling, right? Pete Rose on line one. You can't advocate for that. But they can advocate for certain things, and that's what they have done. Retired players can. I mean, we have no stake. I have no stake in the game tonight. None. So we, we, our rules are a little bit different than the current players. That being said, it goes back to my previous point, which is anything done with regulation, anything done with some prudence, anything done with some forethought, I don't, I don't see what the harm is. I don't see where, you know, our kids are 
gambling because Connor McDavid has an ad at the Up Express at the train station. I, I just don't, I'm not buying it. And, I'm, and I think what we have to do is get to the root of what our problems are. And if there are problems, let's get to the root of the problems. But for the most part, uh, I know there's a big push. I know we've heard some fathers that have said it shouldn't happen. I know today there was uh, a letter that was sent out that basically said that it shouldn't happen. Uh, but I, like, I'm not jumping on that bandwagon yet. I would prefer that we go down the road of being prudent, responsible, and doing this the right way. I'm taking this with a pinch of salt, but I take it that Glenn's message to the industry is don't waste money on celebrity advertising. Find other ways. Because, yeah, and I would agree with that. I'm one of those people who wouldn't go and buy stuff just because Kim Kardashian might have said so. Before I open it to the audience, I'm sure they're burning with desire to ask you questions. I would be very remiss in my duties if I did not ask about tonight's game. So to put it plainly and simply, do you think the Knights will get it done tonight? Sadly to say, I think that uh, tonight um, it's over. Vegas is a darn good team. And, you know, when you look at the way they play when you watch the game, whether you like hockey or don't like hockey, whether you can figure out what a breakout pass is or a power play, these two groups play hard against each other. Like, it is – I, I don't use the word lightly. It's, it's a war on the ice. Like the temperature level that and the combativeness that these two groups have. And that's the way the Stanley Cup is. The first round's kind of cute, right? It's like your first date, right? Yeah, oh, let, let me get the door for you. Okay, yeah. By the time you get to like the fourth date two months in, get the door yourself, whatever. Like these groups now are at that stage uh, where the compete level is so extreme. And so for anyone who's a Leaf fan in here, when you watch the game, understand that that's the compete level Toronto's got to get to, that they don't get to. They compete on a Monday against Ottawa. Well, who couldn't? I mean, it's Ottawa. It's a Monday. Team sold for a billion dollars. Okay, goodbye on that one. Um, probably shouldn't say that publicly. Uh, but they, they, they don't compete to that level. And in any series, in, in any time I've ever been involved, there is a point in that series where you know it's over. You just know that the sand has gone through your fingers and if it's Kachuk that knows, look, he's playing with one arm. You know, he's fine. Fine my ass. He's not fine. He can't lift up his arm. Like, good luck playing with that. So there's a point where you realize that the other team is just better. And we realized that really quick against Vancouver when we were up three games to one, except we uh, started partying a little bit too early before the celebration and we let them back in. I don't think that's going to happen here. Uh, and this group uh, that was put together from a whole bunch of different teams, from an expansion draft, from a team that you thought, they're going to Vegas? Really? They have a team there? Okay. They're going to get their name engraved on the Stanley Cup. And to my first point, your name stays there forever. Never comes off. So they're that close, and I think they close it tonight. But if they don't close it tonight, don't blame me. They're going to close it. They're just a better team. To make it trickier, and this is not a betting tip, although somebody may have a market on this, Con Smythe Trophy winner this season. Hey. 
I, I reckon that had the Panthers still had a shot at it and would have won it, it's that one-armed man, or perhaps Bobrovsky, but I would have given it to Kachuk. Well, if you're looking at Florida, you're Bobrovsky, right? And then for sure Kachuk. And on then, the Knights team. You know, uh, there, there, there's so many that could have won it. Marsha Show, you could look at him. Um, there, there's just a ton of players that, that could put their name on it. And that's the key when you're a team, when you're a really good team. When you're a really good team in your office, there's not one star. There's a whole bunch of people that make a difference. And when we won the Stanley Cup in 1994, it could have been Mike Richter, his save on Pavel Bure. It could have been. It could have been Mark Messier who said, we will win game six against New Jersey. And then when we were down 2-1, went out and scored three goals in the third period against New Jersey. It could have been Brian Leach. Who did win the consummate? There were so many players on it. You do not win this by yourself. You do not run corporations by yourself. So it's, it is jump ball. And tonight, when they all mull around, if this, the night is tonight, um, there's probably not one guy who knows. It's me. Start calling engraver. And he will win that trophy. And the ironic part is he will never, ever see his name on that trophy unless he goes to the Hall of Fame. Because it's not engraved tonight. It'll get engraved tomorrow or the next day by that little guy in Montreal who's been doing it forever. And he's got to go to the Hall of Fame to see his name on the trophy and say to his kids, that's your dad. That's I'm pretty cool. I'm sure one day he'll do just that. We've got about five minutes left. Would we please have any questions for Glenn from the audience? You may either do it the old-fashioned way, raise your hand, I will have it on the screen. Craiglan, why operators cannot just implement a solution like the wage score in their sites? That may be a loaded question, but if you're prepared to take it. Well, uh, ideally, you know, if it's smart serving a bar and they say you're cut off, I can't go to the next bar and grab another one. And then you're cut off and go to the next one. So it, it is a form of smart serve for our kids who have the accessibility and the ability in 14 seconds to create an account and, and get at it. So that would be what this group is trying to create, not me. Um, certainly I'm not going to create it, but I, I think it would be advantageous for the longevity of what we're trying to do, for the creativity of what you're trying to do, and, and making this an industry that we're, we're proud of. Uh, right now, look at 10 years ago, what? It was the guy in the trench coat on the streets, and you were, hey, let's, let's make a hedge. Let's make a bet. We've come a long way, baby, and we have a lot, lot further to go. Unless there are any questions from within the audience. Glenn, one final ask from me, if I may. 60 seconds, or a bit longer, if you will, to convey your key messages, and that's how we can wrap it all up. You can talk about anything you like, but ideally, if I may ask, sports betting, responsible gambling, that'd be great. Mic drop. There we go. A bomb out. No, uh, I appreciate what everyone is doing in this room. Discussion, debate, openness makes a difference. And this is new. Uh, this is like when CBD came out. All new. We didn't really know where it was going. But it was out, and we were navigating our way through it. And this 
even though it's not new, it is new to a bunch of provinces. And we'll find a way to navigate through it. And if the alumni is a small piece of it, we're proud to be a small piece of this and try to make a difference for, for everybody in their industry, everybody in their household, everyone in their family, uh, to do this with regulatory disguise and with prudence and do it responsibly. And that's what we're all about in every way. Thank you ever so much, ladies and gentlemen. Please put it together for the NHL legend and an all-out good man, Mr. Glenn Healy.